0: favor I need I need 10 young people between the ages of 16 and 25 to come up front real quick 10 young people between the ages of 16 and 25 to come up front real quick 10 come one two happy birthday let's give happy birthday to Kayla today happy birthday all right y'all are my special VIP guests today And I want you to sit right there on the front row. Those seats are for you today. Y'all take a seat right there. I got to talk to you today. Just sit right there. Let's give it up for our young people this morning. Thank y'all. Mick, put them all on this front row right here. Make sure all these young people sitting on the front row. Come on, y'all. Let's give God praise for our children and our youth and our teenagers and our young adults. Make sure they're on the front row today. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that our young people are covered. Father God, we thank you for life, health, and strength. Father God, you said in Ecclesiastes that we should seek you in the days of our youth so that we will not be ashamed when we grow old. So, Father, today we pray that this word will find young people online and in the house. Father God, well, we pray, God, that you would reverse the curse, God, that everything that the enemy meant, Bad against our children. We break that curse today in the name of Jesus. We lay the axe at the root of generational curses and we block the devil's assignment on our children. We plead the blood of Jesus over every young person in the entire city of Memphis. We bind up regional demonic activity that has been assigned to this city. Devil, you can no longer wreak havoc in the city of Memphis. We bind up violence, we bind up murder, we bind up domestic violence, we bind up suicide. We bind up gang activity in the name of Jesus today God we serve the enemy notice that he can no longer tamper or fool with the future of our children and our young folk we decree and declare today that they are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus who gives us strength hide me behind Calvary's cross that so somebody might see Jesus I am the clay you are the potter take me make me mold me shape me use me fill me with your Holy Spirit speak today God for your servants are listening we give your name all the praise of glory and the honor and it's in Jesus name we pray pray amen come on put your hands together if you love the lord listen you may be seated for a second Grab your smartphones and your devices real quick. I need your help because this is vital for our city right now. And so I need y'all to help me get the word out to the people who may not be here this morning. Please, brothers and sisters, help me real quick. Go to your uh, your smartphones right there, even at your house. I want you to grab your smartphone and text somebody and tell them you need to hear this word concerning our young people. Uh, I'm going to be preaching a message called "Stop the Funeral," and so I need y'all to text somebody, uh, share on the. New Direction Christian Church Facebook page. Simply go there and share this broadcast on your page. Somebody say, look at your neighbor, say on your page. page. Go share it on your page and invite people to worship with us right now or just text somebody and tell them to watch us on YouTube. Good morning to everybody that's online this morning. Kia Parson, Betty Wilkes, Frida Rios, Joe Cooper, Polo, all of you all. Thank y'all for tuning in this morning. So good to see you. Uh, We are exceptionally excited about our young people today. This is Youth Sunday. This is not a time for us to tune out. This is a time for us to bring them out. So if you got some teenagers, children, youth in your house, go wake them up and tell them to come and worship with us this morning. If you're sitting next to a young person, tell them how proud of them you are right now, right now. If you're sitting next to a, a young person, tell them how proud of them you are. Give them a hug. Give me one of them church hugs. Give them a church hug. Everybody stand up. There's a word from the Lord this morning. Are you ready? Come on, stand up with me. Amen. Y'all remember the church hug I taught y'all last Sunday, the sideways church hug, the the post-pandemic hug? You hug somebody from the side, you know, you don't have to breathe on them, just hug them like, hey, good to see you like this. Uh. So do me a favor, you hug two people on either side. It's so good to see you. so good to see you. Come on, if you're sitting on the couch with somebody that's been vaccinated, give them a full church hug <laughs> this morning. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody say, I've been vaccinated. Amen. And boosted. There's a word from God. The gospel according to Luke chapter 7. Can we give it up for First Lady? She had a little birthday this past week. She's 25 again. I don't know how she keeps getting younger and I keep getting older. But uh, we praise God for that. And then the Lord blessed Lord bless me to see 54 on Wednesday. Amen. This coming Wednesday. I still look good. I don't know what y'all talking about. Uh, thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Luke chapter 7, 11 through 17, the New Living Translation reads this way. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. And a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. Somebody say gate. gate. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart fell overflow with compassion don't cry somebody look at your neighbor say don't cry (laughs) then he walked over to the coffin and touched it and the bearer stopped young man he said I tell you get up then the dead boy set up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother somebody say give him back to his mother Great fear swept the crowd and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Jesus, a funeral procession, was coming out as he approached the village gate. And when the Lord Jesus saw it, he touched the coffin. And told the little boy to get up. What I want to talk to you about today is it's time to stop the funerals. It's time to stop the funerals. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The death of rapper PMB rocked Los Angeles and the hip-hop community this past week. He was a rapper from Philadelphia who was visiting Los Angeles and went to one of my favorite spots when I go to L.A., Roscoe's Chicken and Waffle's. He simply took a picture of his food, pinned it on Instagram, and subsequently, Tori and Sheree, how y'all doing? So good to see you, oh my God. Um, subsequently, a robber comes, and instead of just taking his jewelry, murders him in cold blood. This rocked the hip hop community because this has been a trend lately of young aspiring rappers being murdered before they can even see old age. P.M.B. isn't the first rapper to die by gun violence, but his death is another addition to a trend that dates back to at least 2018. Each year, somebody say each year. Each year since then, gun violence, whether through robbery or disagreement, has killed at least one rapper who was either already famous or on the cusp of crossover fame. Nicki Minaj shared a frustration on Twitter when she said, "The people around these rappers gain so much. It's time to start really reminding them over and over. At least try to put your foot down if you care. Tell them you're not loved like you think you are. You're prey in a world of predators." What's not clicking? Look at your neighbor and say, what's not clicking? Her tweets and the organic conversations among other artists and fans on social media speak to common issues in hip-hop masculinity, security, and handling rising fame. We've lost too many aspiring rap artists like PMB, like Young Dolph, and this past week, I eulogized right here in this sanctuary, and his family sat where y'all are sitting, a 25-year-old church member named Matthew who was murdered in his apartment at the University of Memphis. Shot to death in his apartment at the age of 25 with a baby on the way, on the cusp of becoming something great, his life, like so many others, has been snuffed out. What are we going to do about all of these young people who are being murdered senselessly? What are we going when, when is enough gonna be enough? I believe that we have become desensitized to these shootings and we shake our heads, we pick up our spoon and keep eating. We forget that these kids, no matter how their death occurred, that before they were rap artists, they were somebody's baby. Before they got in the industry, they had dreams and aspirations of becoming something and escaping poverty and escaping the struggle, but it seems to only have followed them. It's so easy to write off these young people as rappers who attracted this kind of violence. Before they were artists, they were somebody's baby. What do we need to do so that we don't lose another Matthew Young Dolph or PMB. We've got to stop the funerals. Jesus was on his way into the city with a group of followers when he met another group of people who were on their way out of the city gate going to the cemetery. They were at the city gate. Y'all know all month we've been talking about what? Home improvements and, and how security is necessary to keep us safe, the walls have to be fortified, the gaps have to be closed, and the gate, as we said in Nehemiah last week, it was the last thing to go in, and, and, and when the gates go in, the enemy can, can no longer come in. But what's amazing is that Jesus is going in the city at the gate, and there's a group coming out of the city at the same time. Now watch this. What you don't understand in in postmodern times is that the gate is where business was transacted. At the gate is where city officials met to decree laws. At the gate is where business was taken care of. And Jesus is coming in the gate and they're coming out of the gate. Two crowds. Somebody say two crowds. There's two crowds at the gate. Are y'all listening to me this morning? There's one going in and one coming out. The one coming in is Jesus and his disciples who have just celebrated healing the centurion's servant and raising them from death. They're celebrating that. And then there's another crowd on their way out the city gate who, have been, who are carrying the dead body of a young man who has died and he was the only son of a widow woman and so now she is economically vulnerable and distraught because she's lost not only her son but her only way of surviving economically and she meets Jesus at the gate. I would suggest to you today that you are either in one or two crowds You are either in the crowd that is full of life on its way into the city, on its way into this better place, or you are in the crowd of people who are grieving yet another death on your way to the cemetery. You are either busy on your way living or on your way dying. Which crowd are you a part of this morning? I know you look good. I know you dressed up, but nobody can really look at you this morning and tell that you're carrying grief on you this morning. Nobody can look at you and tell that you are struggling with depression. Nobody can look at you and tell that you had suicidal thoughts because somewhere in your mind, you thought that the only option was be on your way to death. But I want to submit to you this morning that God is not ready for you to die. God has much more life left in you. God has much more opportunity left. God has so much more left for your life and what was behind you does not compare to what's in front of you. Look at your neighbor and ask them, what crowd are you in this morning? You could have money and be on your way to the cemetery. Can Can I just preach this morning? All of us have a date with death. We all gonna die. But I'm, di- I'm living to live again. Is there anybody in here living to live again? This is not it. We are just, this is rehearsal. We are rehearsing for eternity. And what we do now echoes into eternity. So even though we're all going to die, I li- I'm living so that I can live again. I'm not living to die. I'm living to live again. And Jesus and his crowd represent those who are living to live again. They are going into the city, which is symbolic of one day we will go into the city not made by hands, the new Jerusalem. How many of y'all are pressing your way toward the city not made with hands? We are on our way to the new Jerusalem. We are on our way to another city, not the cemetery. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this. I submit to you today that we are all part of one or two crowds. What a contrast between the crowd that was following Jesus and the crowd following the widow and her dead son. Jesus and his disciples were rejoicing in the blessing of the Lord, but the widow and her friends were lamenting the death of her only son. Jesus was hitting for the city, and the truth of the matter is that we all have a date, but it, it, it's not important in how long you live, it's how well you live. It's what you do in the middle. Jesus was on his way into the city, and this crowd was on his way to the cemetery. A parent's worst nightmare is having to bury a child before they die. It's not supposed to be this way. Touch your neighbor and say, it's not supposed to be this way. <laughs> Type in the comments, it's not supposed to be this way. When Jesus sees this crowd heading to the cemetery, the Bible says that he's moved with compassion because I think Jesus sees himself in the situation. Can y'all help Let, help, let me preach this today? Watch this. Jesus sees himself in this woman and her son because Jesus knows he has a date with death. Jesus' whole purpose was to come and die for our sins so we wouldn't have to. And Jesus knows, he fast forwards, he's 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 fully God and fully man, so he sees toward the end, and he sees that he is going to die. He knows he's going to lay his life down on the cross. And, and if you go with me, can I fast forward to Calvary? When he gets to Calvary, and he's on the cross, and he's hanging on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour with nails in his hands and nails in his feet, he sees at the foot of the cross his mother, and he sees one of his disciples, John, and he a legal transaction at the foot of the cross. Y'all ain't going to help me preach. He performs a legal transaction at the foot of the cross just as he's going to perform a transaction at the gate. What is the transaction? I'm glad you asked that question. When Jesus sees his mama as the only oldest son, he knows that once he leaves this earth that his mother's going to be economically vulnerable. So he tells John, behold your mother and, and mother behold your son so that his mother is economically covered at the at the cross but when he gets to the gate he makes another business transaction because he recognizes that this death has caused an economic impact and burden on this woman and so he knows that he cannot allow this woman to go out of this gate because she's getting ready to walk not only into death but into poverty can I help somebody this morning God is at the gate with you this morning and he's wanting to stop the funeral he's wanting to stop all of the premature deaths in your family and he's saying to you this morning. Can I intervene in your situation? Is there anybody in here this morning who would want the Lord God to stop you at the gate and meet you because you're in an economically vulnerable state today. You're in a place of grief today and you need the
1: Lord to meet you at the gate. Is there anybody besides me that needs the Lord to stop at the gate today and work a miracle in my situation? If you knew what I was going through right now, you would stand up and start praying for me right Now, but I just want not fit to y'all right now, who are at the crossroads of your life, and you need God to make a transaction at the gate. Look at your neighbor and say, "I need a miracle at my gate." My child has been suffering with depression. I'm, they're going through social anxiety. My house is in trouble. I've got I got a wayward child. I'm worried about. They're always out on the streets. I don't know what to do anymore. I try to.
0: I need need the Holy Ghost to come in here today I don't know what it is I'm fighting through but I'm going to get through this today I don't know who
1: I'm talking to but you're at the gate today because you're at a pivotal place that if you don't do something if God does not intervene you're going to lose somebody too soon and Jesus is at the gate and he's trying to convince some young people this is not the way you have to go you do not have to follow the path of everybody else who made some dumb decisions your best life is in front of you you and I don't care what they say you are on the right path serving the right God for the right
0: reason and it's okay to be smart y'all ain't gonna help me it's okay to know how to
1: speak the king's English it's okay not to have sex shit it's okay not to smoke weed it's okay not to drink you are at the crossroads of your life and the decisions you make today will determine whether you go to the college or to the
0: cemetery Is, is this working? My, my, my sons and I were having a discussion the other night, Tori, and, and they were like, Daddy didn't let us do nothing. We couldn't go to rave parties. We couldn't, George said, yeah, we couldn't even go to the skating rink. They were just giving me the blues, man. Daddy, you, you, you just so, you, just, you didn't let us go nowhere. I said, really? So you didn't go on a Disney cruise? I didn't get y'all some four-wheelers, but what they were saying was they didn't understand why there were certain places I wouldn't let them go. Because I saw death knocking on the front door. No, Satan, you can't have my kids. You're not going to no rave party. No, you can't go. No, they smoking weed. No, you can't go. no, 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 no. No. How many of y'all remember your mama being so strict? I thought she was just the meanest lady ever. Tori, I couldn't get no gold tooth. I couldn't get no tattoos, that's why I got one at 52. I couldn't get a Jericho like Michael Jackson and Prince. And I could not go out on a school night. Mama, can I go? No. Why? Because I said so. Everybody else is going, if everybody else jump off a bridge, you're going to jump off a bridge. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to protect the gate. The first thing I want to tell you is this. We need to have some compassion for all of these young people that are dying on our watch. This is not normal. Somebody type in the comments, this is not normal. I don't care how many times we hear of another young black man or or young female being shot or killed. This is not normal, and we should not get used to it. The funerals have to stop. Compassion is not just feeling sorry for somebody. Compassion should move you into action. Can I ask y'all a question? What are y'all doing to stop the funerals? Well, Pastor, it's just just a shame how all these young people is dying. It surely is, but what you doing? Are you volunteering for youth ministry? Are you helping with the children's ministry? Can you help us? Can you help us go over and get the children's building up to par so y'all can quit calling me saying, "Pastor, when are the, when, when, when we get the sanctuary together." Have you volunteered to come and clean up and help move some stuff around? Have you volunteered to come and paint and come and fix the stage? We sure could use your help because that should be a sanctuary not just on Sunday, but seven days a week. Our young people should have somewhere they can come, a safe place. Somebody say a safe place. This Hickory Hill, this is the gate of Hickory Hill, the busiest intersection in in all of Memphis is right here on Ridgeway and Winchester. But what are we doing to stop funerals at the gate? We need to make this place a shelter and a safe place where young people can know I can always come to New Direction and get some food and get some help and get some encouragement and go somewhere if my life is threatened. But the question is, New D, what are you doing to help stop these funerals? We can no longer sit on our hands and shake our heads and put our heads in the sand like ostriches. There is something we can do. And can I talk about what I'm talking about? (sighs) Church is not a place to come and hide. It's a place to come and serve. And I got, Lord, you got to give me grace on this because I want to say it, but I want to make sure you want me to say it. What happens typically when we get well off as African-Americans is that we tend to go to other churches that are not led by people that look like us. Because we like to appropriate whiteness with success. When W.E.B. Du Bois said that the talented 10th must come back. Where's Jesus? He's coming back in the city. And he stops the funeral at the gate. Some of y'all can't stop funerals because you're in the suburbs. Away from your people. Because watch this. I don't want to be reminded of what I escaped. And I don't want pastor asking me to do Nothing. Just, y'all got a Holly Berry Christianity. Make me feel good. You want people to make you feel good, but you don't want to do nothing to stop the stuff you're complaining about. It's easier to escape to churches that don't require a lot from you because they're not from you. This church is a mission field for people who understand. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Come on and talk to
1: me today. Y'all, you understand what it's like to eat bread sandwiches. You understand what it's like not to have any power, not because the storm hit, but because we couldn't afford to pay the bill this much. Y'all understand. Y'all not going to talk to me. You understand what it's like not to have a daddy in the household and not to be secure and confident. You know what it is to go to bed with your stomach grumbling because there was nothing else to eat. Are you talking to me tonight? You know what it is to put water in your cereal because you ain't got no more milk. So why would you go somewhere where you, where people can't identify or you
0: can't identify with the struggle that our kids are going through? Would you look at your neighbor and say, you are blessed to be a blessing, not to run and hide. To whom much is given.
1: Is this microphone working? How, how many of y'all can say you blessed? How, how many of y'all can say you are blessed? You are, miracle, you are a walking miracle because if, if, if everything happened to you that happened to the people where you from, Lord Stryver, where I'm from, guys had babies out of wedlock, guys went to jail, went to prison, got shot, cracked out, dead. I'm here by God's grace. That's why I'm here. I got to tell the story, how I made it over. Have I been perfect? No. Have I arrived? No. But one thing I do is forget about those things which are behind me and help stop some funerals. Can
0: I, can I preach it like I feel it? I feel like I just need to talk to y'all today if y'all were driving down the street hallelujah and you came upon a place where the bridge was out talk to me anybody and and you you almost went over the cliff come on somebody and and you and you saw it and you turned around and you're going back the other way if you saw y'all ain't gonna talk to me if you saw somebody else coming down that same road what would you do
1: Stop! Right, you most of y'all.
0: I'm worried about y'all. Y'all didn't say nothing when I asked the question.
1: Most people who are compassionate would say what? Stop! The bridge is out. Then let
0: me ask you a question. Why are y'all not saying that to these kids? Talk to us. Talk to
1: us. Talk to us. You already been down there. You all used to smoke weed? You used to have unprotected sex? You know what's down there? How come you ain't saying that with your bullshit self, pretending like you ain't never had sex? Like you ain't never rolled once. bridge is out do you know what
0: the word repent means jasmine the word repent means to make a 180 God allows legal u-turns and so it's never too late for us who have been down that road to tell other people turn around look at touch two people say turn around Jesus walks up and puts his hands on the coffin that the dead boy is being carried on And this is radical because watch this. Lord have mercy. Can I teach real quick? When Jesus, everybody say, Jesus put his hand on the coffin. Why is that so amazing? Because it goes against the law. If you touch a dead person, you were ceremonially unclean for seven days. Jesus, oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus is on his way into the temple, and they on their way to the cemetery. He could have avoided them and be like, oh, no, I'm going to go teach. Bless you. But instead, he inconveniences himself and touches the coffin in full view of everybody. Now they know he's unclean. He broke the law. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you spiritually inconvenienced yourself? for the salvation of other people. Some of y'all have literally driven past people that the Holy Ghost told you to stop and talk to. You saw some kids in trouble. You saw some kids doing something questionable and Holy Spirit said go talk to them. And then the physical part of you said, "Mm mm-mm, ain't my child. Do y'all remember when the village used to talk to people? I'm teaching today, boy. I'm teaching today, y'all ain't even listening. Y'all always say stuff like, it takes a whole village to raise one child. (laughs) Jesus is where? No, 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 he's not at the temple. Where is he? What gate? What? Say it. Say it again. Thank you, son. He's at the village gate. Everybody say, the village gate. Where's the village gate now? The church.
1: Who did you bring with you? Did you bring any dead people with you? Did you bring any young people that are in danger? Did you bring your
0: child or they home sleep in their drawers? I ain't studying y'all. We are going to have to stop some funerals y'all. We got to go to some high schools and stop some funerals. Pastor Gerard is doing a good job going down to Wooddale. He said, Pastor, I, I I I realize. He said, Pastor, I realize that a lot of these young people are not gonna come to church. So you know what I'm gonna do, Pastor? I'm going to them. So you know what Pastor Gerard did while working full time at the church? He says, I'm gonna go voluntarily coach football at Wooddale. That's an inconvenience. He's already got enough to do here, but now he's going down to the school to touch the coffin. Raise your hand if you're touching the coffin anywhere. If you're a teacher, you're touching the coffin. If you're a coach, you're touching the coffin. If you're a caregiver, you're touching the coffin. But if you're a church member that just watches the news and shakes your head, you are a coffin ignorer. Lord, what are we going to do in Memphis? I'm thinking about moving. Everywhere you move, there you're going to be. Either you part of the solution or you part of the problem. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God, I feel like teaching right now. Jonah tried to avoid his responsibility. He did not want to go to Nineveh. And he hid in the bottom of a ship. And God has a way of catching up with you in your disobedience. You might try to run from Memphis. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. But everywhere you go, because your assignment was Memphis, you're not going to be able to experience peace no matter how much you try to hide. carrieville y'all ain't gonna help me carrieville had an anniversary yesterday of a mass shooting in carrieville people think carrieville
1: is a safe space but violence anywhere is violence everywhere and if we don't handle the violence in hickory hill it's gonna be in carrieville it's gonna be in germantown it's gonna be in bartlett it's gonna be in lakeland i don't care if you move to nashville
0: Look at your neighbor and encourage them because I think I might have made them mad. Look at them and tell them God is counting on you to be spiritually inconvenienced and intervene in the life of a child that looks dead. Watch this. The reality, Rodney, is that some of our children and even some of our young folks are already dead. They just ain't been buried. When we are dead in our sins, we are already dead. It is only through Jesus Christ who meets us at the gate that we experience new life. And some of y'all are sitting here today and you're listening to me because of out of religious obligation you came to church, but there's something inside of you kicking and screaming, trying to wake up. That's the Holy Spirit who has been dormant in you for a long time. Watch this, because the Spirit of God cannot dwell in an unclean vessel and you're in danger of dying too soon because you have suffocated the Holy Spirit in disobedience to a lifestyle that is not reflective of the will of God for where he wants you to be and if you don't do something you're gonna die prematurely you might die at 25 and not be buried to 75 they ain't listening so can I talk to y'all I said y'all are in danger how do you how do you how do you how I don't want y'all to die at 21 and they put you in the ground at 75. How does that happen, Pastor? When you no longer believe in God, when you no longer believe in yourself, you can just be in a crowd waiting to get to the cemetery. And there's crowds that go to clubs but are on their way to the cemetery. There are crowds that like to get blazed and smoke weed every day, but they're yeah. on the way to the cemetery. Yeah. And what God is saying to you is that I'm going to give you life in the midst of death. God says, I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt the narrative that is in your family history. Everybody in my family was pregnant before they graduated. Everybody in my family went to jail. All the men in my family went to jail. God says, not so for you. I'm going to interrupt the narrative in your family. Would you look at somebody beside you and say, God's about to interrupt the narrative in your family. Somebody type in the comments, God's about to interrupt the narrative in your family. Lord, I got to get out of here. Number two, we have to be willing to break tradition to stop the funeral. What do you mean break tradition? Jesus touched the casket and stopped the funeral and it would have disqualified him, but he wasn't worried about man-made rules and neither should we. That's why at New Direction, we don't put focus on clothes. We dress casual. On purpose, because I want people to know it's not about what you got on, it's about what you got in. We are not, we're gonna break tradition and new direction. Women can't wear pants. Why can't they, honey? She can't wear real lipstick. What are you talking about? Some of the most freakiest people came from holy traditional churches. What
1: they got to do with anything? They were covered up from the neck to the ankles and still got pregnant. All this tradition, all this tradition. God says, I'm about relationship, not religion. Yeah. Why can't they rap in church? Why can't they have a baseball cap on? What are you talking about? Let them folk come in church. Jesus was not concerned about rules. He just wanted to stop the funeral. And when y'all can let go of your religiosity and your man. That's when you experience the power of God. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to release some power in your life. But you got to let go of religion. Are y'all
0: mad at me? Y'all looking at me like I got three eyes. Watch this. Number three, I'm almost done. We have to say to our young people that enough is enough. Look at somebody younger than you and tell them enough is enough. There's enough opportunity for every person that decides to use their gifts without the other person feeling like they have to take their life. Look at your neighbor and say, there's enough for everybody. Derek Payne, help me if I'm wrong, man. But it seemed like in Memphis that people like you until you have more than them. Why? Why Why can't we both do good? Why can't I celebrate your good and then you celebrate mine when mine come? I ain't got to be mad at you, boo. The same thing he did for you, he going to do for me. I'm next in line for a miracle. Can somebody help me up in here? Don't be mad because I got a Cadillac. You going to get one too. You might get a Mercedes. I mean, what? Look at your neighbor and say, "I I ain't trying to dislike you. I'm trying to get like you. Saved and successful people don't get jealous of other folk. If you got people that are hating on you because you're doing good, you got the wrong circle, boo. You got the wrong friends.
1: I'm talking about family too. If your family can't celebrate you, Jesus says, who are my family? My family are those who do the will of the Father. If you can't celebrate me, please don't tolerate me. Would you look at somebody and say, there's enough for everybody.
0: Watch this. Here's some advice I want to give to the young people real quick. Proverbs 1 and 10, where Solomon tells his son, this is, listen to this. Young people, listen. Somebody under the age of 30 say, I'm listening, Pastor. Proverbs 1 and 10, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Pass lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all those who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. It takes away the life of those who get it. Can I talk to y'all real quick? You can't get anything that is not of God and expect to hold on to it. Okay, grown folks, let me just talk to y'all, since since y'all think I'm just talking to the kids, you can't take somebody's husband and expect to keep him. You can't still take other people's money and expect that you're gonna have some. You can't deceive and rob and be evil and have hidden agendas and because the ditch you dig for others is the ditch you dig for yourself whatever a man or woman sows that they shall also God is not mocked touch somebody and tell them you can't hold on to what ain't yours Should I just sit down? Can I give you two more? We have to do something about this disease of hate. Juicy J said it best. He says, Memphis is a city that loves to hate. And for whatever reason, we we have not found it in ourselves. See, Memphis has so much potential. Potential it is setting at the gate, ready to burst with new life and new opportunities. There's so much new development. We got so many talented and anointed people, but yet we have to do something about this hate. When are we gonna get to the place where we start celebrating each other and not not being jealous of each other? This is crazy that I'm talking about churches. Churches need to come together. Somebody approached us the other day and said, from the police precinct, and they got this thing they want to do called Operation Blue Light, and they want everybody in the community to put a blue light in their front porch, and that's going to help stop crying. (sighs) Not. It's not going to work. It's not going, because we see blue lights all the time. It's not that we don't see blue lights in the hood. We see blue lights all the time. Our our communities are already over-policed. We need the light of Christ. We need to let our light shine. Why do we do that? How do we do that, Pastor? By going out and engaging in people, going down to Wooddale and coaching, going out on the street corner, having conversations, volunteering to mentor young people. That's how you let your light shine. Having conversations in Walmart, having conversations up and down the street, going to ball games, interacting with young people. That's how we let our light shine. Putting a blue light bulb on my front porch. Ain't going to do nothing but let Pookie know where I stand.
1: I'd much rather have a conversation with Pookie, so I can get to
0: know him and he can get to know me instead of him making presuppositions based upon a light bulb on my porch. (laughs) All right, y'all, I'm sorry. I'll do better next week. Uh, Number five, we have to remind young people that there is no need for jealousy when you have the same opportunity for your gifts to be accepted. Isn't that what Jesus, isn't that what God told Cain and Abel Cain was jealous because his offering was not accepted and his brother Abel's was and God knew that he was thinking about killing his own brother his own, somebody say his own brother, his own brother. he was going to kill his own brother and
1: God would, oh my God God always gives you a way out Tell somebody beside you says the Holy Spirit will give you a way out Of dumb stuff
0: (laughs) the Holy Spirit showed up and said listen God spoke to him he said Cain he says he says I see that you have a very bad disposition that you are mad because your brother's offering was accepted if you do what is right your offering will be accepted also He says, but if not, sin is at your door crouching like a tiger and it wants to sift you. Watch this. Some of y'all are at the gate on your way to the cemetery and God says, turn your tail around. Let go of that bad company. Don't make that
1: bad decision. Don't do anything reactionary. Don't try to get revenge. Be still and know that I am God. Turn back around. Stop the funeral. Tell somebody beside you if you do what's right, your gifts will make room for you and bring you in the presence of great men and women. Your gifts.
0: Come on, so get out of here. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here. So Jesus, he stops the funeral. Lord, have mercy. And he speaks to the young man and he says, "Young man, get up. I I love this. Jesus stopped the funeral. He told the dead boy to get up. He set up y'all and began to talk. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Uh, he wasn't asleep. Uh, he wasn't dead. He was just asleep. Watch this. Because in those days, uh, in those days when they when somebody died, they buried them the same day because they didn't have any mortuary and they they didn't have any uh, embalming fluid and and the bodies were decomposed in in. in their tropical environment so they had to bury them the same day so the young man had only been uh, dead for a couple of hours and Jesus comes and stops the funeral and tells them to get up and he stands up and he starts talking he starts talking on the mat and I said what is he saying Lord and the Lord says well if these dead rappers could talk I believe this is what some of them will say Tupac might say there's a better life than thug life Jesus came to give you life and life more abundant so choose life I believe Biggie would say I'm not ready to die I wish I could have chosen life there is nothing cute about hell. I I think Nipsey Hussle would have said this time around I'm going to make it clear. Spoke some things into the universe and they appeared. I say it's worth it. I won't say it's fair. Find your purpose or you're wasting air. I believe that young Dolph would say none of us are bulletproof. I wish I had some friends that would have lowered me through the roof so I could kick the truth to the young black youth that there's a better way than your way and that's to follow God's way. I believe Matthew would go and warn all the other
1: young men that life is too short and to choose life over death. Tell them to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things. Tell them that the most important decision you make in life is who your friends will be. Is there anybody listening to me today? I'm about to go to my seat but before I go
0: to my seat I told you that when he went in the gate he two crowds one was going in and one was going out but what I did not tell you is that Jesus also met another enemy there was an enemy at the gate there was two people Jesus and an enemy no the enemy was not the young man oh I feel like preaching the enemy was not the young man
1: the enemy was not the widow woman but the final enemy that Jesus had to defeat was death itself is there anybody in here that can testify that the only reason you're standing here is because Jesus Jesus met you at the gate, and what was supposed to kill you actually made you stronger. Is there anybody in here that could stand up and say, He touched me at the gate, He saved me at the gate, He healed me at the gate? I should have been dead, sleeping in my grave. I should have overdosed, I should have been shot, I should have went to jail, I should have been in prison, I should have got AIDS, but because the Lord stopped the funeral, I'm standing here today because Jesus hung, bled and died. The Bible says that he took your sins and he took my sins and they nailed him to the cross. He hung his head and gave up the ghost and said it's finished. What's finished? Drug overdose in my family is finished. Premature pregnancies are finished. Going to school without graduating, that's finished. Having single parent homes, that's finished because the Lord stopped the funeral in my life. I need y'all to touch three people on the shoulder and say, Stop the funeral, stop the funeral. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. No weapon. Share prosper. Everybody
0: 25 and younger, come down to the altar real quick. Everybody 25 and younger, run to the altar. I got to pray over you and we're going home. Everybody 25 and younger, come to the altar. Bring your baby to the altar if you got to. I want to pray over our babies because the funeral's got to stop too many of our young people are dying too much violence in our city it's got to stop do you not know that the children are our future teach them well and let them lead the way we got we to gotta bring our babies to Christ y'all, y'all listen to me online y'all got to stop giving your kids a choice I didn't have a choice when I was a kid whether or not I was coming to church my mama drugged me to church, drugged me to Sunday school, drugged me to vacation Bible school, drugged me to the choir. As a matter of fact, she had the audacity to call me as a freshman in college, somebody about, I need to go to church. I need to get in the choir on campus. I wasn't trying to hear that, but because she had trained me up, because Jesus intercepted me at the, at the gate, it was already in me. And I accepted my call to ministry my junior year in college because my mom had the audacity not to let me go do what everybody else was doing. She had the audacity to pray over me. She had the audacity to bring me to church even when I didn't want to go. And I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now that the only reason I'm here today is because I had a praying grandmama. I had a praying mother. And then watch this. The Holy Spirit really messed up when he saved my daddy. He saved my daddy when I was in high school. Let me tell you this story and then I'm going to pray for you. I was out one night kicking it with some friends at the juke joint. My mama let me go out, finally. And I decided I needed to act like I was drunk, Clovis, so I could fit in with the kids, you know, fit in with the cool kids. So I took a sip of Seagram's and gin. I sip. And I started acting like I was drunk. What's up, y'all? And they were laughing at me. I was, I got everybody's attention, right? And then all of a sudden, my friend's eyes got big. Like this. And somebody tapped me on my shoulder, and I turned around, it was my daddy. who had just got called into the ministry. He was on fire for the Lord. He had speakers on his truck. He would drive to town and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I thought he was weird. He tapped me on the shoulder. I was mad. I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. He was like. I went and got in that car. I was mortified. Mama just had breast cancer. She had breast surgery. She had bandages still on, chemotherapy. And daddy knocks on the door and says, smell his breath. And she's like, come on in the house, baby. And my daddy, even though he embarrassed me, I want to say publicly, thank you, daddy. Thank you, mama. Because they embarrassed the hell out of me. No, literally. I was on my way to hell repeating generational patterns. I'm supposed to be an alcoholic. My, great, my grandfather died a crackhead. I'm not supposed to be up here with you. But somebody embarrassed the hell out of me and made me come to church and made me go home when I wanted to be at the juke joint with everybody. They would not let me do what everybody else is doing and you can't do what everybody else is doing. Would you touch yourself and say, I'm too anointed. Come on, put your hand on your chest. I'm too anointed to do what everybody else is doing. I can't get away with what everybody else does. There's a calling on my life. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for these young people, these children, these teens, these tweens, these 20-somethings. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would remind them that while they were in their mother's womb, you had a plan for them, plans to succeed and plans to prosper. Father, no weapon. Everybody in the congregation say, no weapon. Lift up your hands toward these young people and say, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. We bind up satanic worship. We bind up gang activity. We bind up peer pressure. We bind up sexual promiscuity. We bind up drug use, alcoholism. Father, keep our children in perfect peace as their minds are stayed on you. Father God, we stand at the village gate and we interrupt the funeral. We decree and declare that these young folk shall live and not die. That they should be light on a hill. That they should have flavor and be salt of the earth. We pray for scholarships. We pray for graduate degrees. We pray for entrepreneurship. We pray that doctors will be raised up. Lawyers will be raised up, engineers
1: raised up, scientists raised up, phlebotomists raised up, pediatricians raised up, veterinarians raised up, engineers raised up, attorneys raised up, CPAs raised up, scientists raised up, brain surgeons raised up, in the name.
0: Now I want y'all to grab grab hands, everybody grab hands, everybody grab hands. Use some hand sanitizer before you leave. Father, in the name of Jesus, we hold hands, touching and agreeing that our children have been saved. We speak life back into them right now in the name of Jesus. Little boy, get up. Little girl, get up. God, we pray right now we give these kids back to their parents. We give them back to you. We give them back to the church. And we snatch them out of hell right now in the name of Jesus.